Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Talk Recorded live. All right. Can you hear us on the line pretty much? I can hear you now. Okay, good, good, good. From time to time, we get a few glitches on the line, but we thank the Lord for for all things. And uh, we appreciate another day to be able to just uh, commune with the people of God on the, on the phone. And uh, before we begin this evening, our um, lesson last week was increasing your passion for God. Tonight will be basically part number two but I wanted to find out if anyone had any questions concerning anything that we previously talked about or something else that's on your mind tonight that you need some uh, clarity on. Anyone? All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and put everyone on mute, and toward the end of the call, I will, uh, you know, open the line for some questions or any other comments that anyone has, Okay. And I see those of you that are on the line, and so we'll go ahead and mute you now and, and go from there. So we appreciate the Lord blessing us with another great day. And um, as we prepare this week, we'll be getting a uh, consecration fast and asking the Lord's help to defeat some strongholds and to break some yokes. This is a special time in which we're going to be giving ourselves to fasting and prayer and increasing our Bible reading, increasing our prayer, doing everything in our power as the Lord has allowed us to develop a closer relationship with him. And it's important for us to realize today that the Lord has allowed us some grace to get closer to him during these last and evil days. And truly, I'm sure many of you can agree with us that it seems like Satan is taking a lot of uh, territory and trying his very best to defeat as many people as possible, even intruding on the lives of the people of God. But I want to serve notice on the devil that uh, it stops right here. Sometimes you've got to draw a line in the sand and let the enemy know you're not going to take my family. You're not going to take my health. You're not going to take uh, my finances, and you're not going to take the loved ones that I've been uh, praying for and seeking the Lord for for uh, many years. Uh, Sometimes you have to say enough is enough, and it's time for the people of God to grow stronger, to grow stronger in your faith, to be where the Lord wants you. And we want you to continue to ask the Lord to show you how to utilize your gift. Many of you have been gifted by God in special ways, and Satan wants you to hide your gift and to be in the background or to be unassuming. 
but God gifted you so that you can make a difference and an impact in the kingdom. And God wants your giftedness to show forth. He wants your giftedness to, to be manifested in the name of the Lord. He wants you to grow. He wants you to continue to, to make full proof of your ministry. And it's time for the people of God uh, not to be quiet or to allow the, the ways of the world to shut up the church, but that the church would make some noise. It's time for the people of God not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not to be ashamed of the fact that you are a child of God and there's some things that you stand for that the world loves. And so it's okay for you to say who you are, that you are a child of God, that you are a heterosexual, and that uh, you are born again of the water and of the spirit. And there's some things that are inconsistent with your testimony as a child of God. And the Lord says in, in, in Scripture that uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so we've got to treasure the word of God. We've got to treasure the, uh, the people of God. And therefore, it's important for you to read your word every day, every day. It's important. And see, there's certain things that try to rob us of our passion for God, that try to steal our intensity for the Lord. And, uh, you know, understand David, uh, you know, shared in the word of God in Psalm 42. He said, as the heart panted after the water brook, so so panted my soul after thee, O God. I'm going to read that again. As the heart panted after the water brook, so panted my soul after thee, O God. David was that man after God's own heart. And because of him consistently seeking and becoming a God chaser, that's when his passion was at its strongest. Now, there are some things that can rob us of that passion, and I'll indicate what some of those are. One would be money. The Scripture says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Not so much money, but the love of money. When, when love takes the forefront of your desires, and that's what you begin to covet, and that's what you begin to, in a sense, worship and put God on the back burner, then you'll lose your passion for the things of God. You understand, you can't work all the time. You can't work uh, so much so that you lose your attendance in the house of God, that you lose your time to pray and to hear the mind of God. You've got to have some balance in your, in your day so that there's plenty of time to work, go to school, but you also must take time for Jesus, take time to worship even in your home. Don't wait till Sunday to worship. Worship God every day because that's going to keep him close to you. Another thing that can sometimes rob us of our passion for God, friends and worldly cares. Friends and worldly cares. The things that generally uh, our flesh gravitates toward, that are, those are some of the things that can, can cause us to lose our intensity and our passion for God. There's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 20 says this, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools 
shall be destroyed. We've got to realize that there are some cases where you've got to cut off some friends if they're moving you away from God and they're involved in evil behavior because if you hang with people that do evil things, you're going to be evil just like them. And so it's important to walk with the righteous, walk with those that are really uplifting the name of Jesus. And so friends and worldly cares can rob you. You know, you can't you can't go clubbing on Saturday night and then on Sunday morning you want to get all you know, all spiritual. Uh uh-uh. uh. That don't that that don't work. That's inconsistent with your relationship with God. And so as a child of God, you can't do what everybody else does because you have a purpose and there is a calling on your life that must be protected at all times. Another thing that can rob you of your passion for God is pride. Pride. The Bible says that pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Your pride can interfere with your humility because we need to stay humble before God and we need to make sure we reverence him by making sure that we put him first in all that we do. There's a scripture in James chapter number 4 and verse number 6 that says this, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he said, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And then he says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from thee. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. And therefore you can keep that passion if you keep coming towards God. But once you allow your pride, you know, to get in the way that, you know, you you gotta, you know, be higher than anybody else or you've got to be top dog or you're competing. You don't compete in the house of God. You don't compete against other ministers against other uh, laborers in the gospel. It's not about competition, it's about serving the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then the scripture in Proverbs sixteen one uh tells us something and that uh, let me just a moment. Let me turn this. All right. Proverbs 16.1 says this. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And the thing that can also hinder you in your walk with God is power, wanting power. Understand that it's important to uh, to want uh, to utilize authority and to, to be in leadership. But understand, we get our power from God. All power comes from God. And so if you have this thing where you have to be in control, you've got this control thing, uh, it will cause you to lose your reverence for God. And you'll think that it's all about you and not about God. But also, uh, when you have a sense of entitlement, as though God owes you something or other people owe you something, that can also hinder your passion for God. Uh, it meaning that the Lord will supply all our need according to his riches and glory. But understand, we don't deserve it, so we need to walk humbly before the Lord and, and consider it a blessing when the Lord provides for us. I think it's a good day for everybody. Uh, to we should, we should make it almost a daily vigil to give God thanks as often as we can to thank him for our health, to thank him for our provision, to thank him for our children. We don't know how long we're going to have them, so we, should, we need to be thankful. We need to appreciate the fact that we have a place to live. 
I believe it's important for us to realize that the Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not walk. He's the one that takes care of us, and therefore he only wants the reverence. He only wants the glory. He only wants us to praise him, but he does the work. He's the one providing for us, and it's very important, no matter how successful we may become in life, we need to give thanks to God for all things because guess what? It can be taken from you in a moment. That automobile you drive, that house you live in, your good health, it can be gone overnight. You don't know what kind of disease could be lurking and trying to control your body. The spirit of cancer may be trying to overtake you. The spirit of suicide, homicide, someone trying to, to break into your home. We need to be thankful to the Lord at all times and therefore desire him. Desire him. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Periodically, even those that have walked with the Lord for a while, there's a tendency to get cold, to get passive, to become inconsistent. You know, all of a sudden you've got money and now you, you're just going to be going on vacations every Sunday. You can't go on vacation every weekend. You need to make sure you stay in the house of God so that God can direct your path so he can lead you, so he can guide you. It's very important for us to realize where our help comes from because once you lose that passion for God, then you open up a door for Satan to come in and create a a spirit almost like what, what the psalmist said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He don't say it with his, with his mouth, but he says it by his behavior. Sometimes our behavior can indicate we don't really believe God. You know, I'm wondering how many percentage of believers really, really believe that the Lord is coming for his church, that believe that the rapture is going to occur. Not by their behavior. Their behavior is saying, I don't believe the Lord is coming at any time. Because their behavior says, oh, I've got plenty of time. I can just do my thing. I can, you know, I can, uh, I can do uh, what I want to do. I can, I can smoke and drink and lie and fornicate, and I can commit adultery. I can involve myself in lesbian relationships. It's okay. Everybody else is doing it. I've got plenty of time to give my life to the Lord. Really? We don't have as much time as we think we have. Remember the man in the Bible who had the great uh, harvest of crops, and he, uh, you know, was so, uh, you know, enamored with himself. He was so proud of himself. He said, I'm just going to build myself bigger barns. And so he built himself bigger barns. And he was supposed to take that harvest and, and sold that harvest into the lives of others. Instead, he was greedy and wanted the whole harvest for himself. So he decided, I'm going to build me some bigger barns. I'm going to take my ease. I'm just going to kick back and enjoy life. But the Bible says, a voice of God says, this fool, you fool, this night will your soul be required of thee. He died that same night and rose up in hell. I want you to understand, our lives can be gone just like that. It's very important for us to realize, as David was, he was a man after God's own heart. But you know what? Even David got careless. Even David began to uh, get comfortable in his prosperity. And one day while his men were going to battle, David decided he was going to kick back. And he saw Bathsheba taking a bath over his balcony. 
and brought her in, committed adultery. The woman got pregnant. He plotted to have her husband killed. He was killed. David lied about it. And if God had not brought that to his attention through the prophet, he would have kept up the lie and lost his life. But because he was willing to surrender his sin before God, and you can read more about that in Psalm 51 where David pleaded with God not to take his Holy Spirit from him. He realized that he had messed up. He realized that he had lied and cheated and killed and and committed adultery. But you know what? Psalm 51 is a complete psalm of repentance. It's an example of how the man or woman of God should repent of their sins. And this is you're going to keep your passion for God if you would learn how to repent. In fact, I believe as children of God, we need to repent every day because we're just really uh, a behavior or an action or a thought away from displeasing God. So we need to make sure we give him thanks at all times and that he cleanses us. As often as we uh, bathe or take a shower, we need to repent of our sins because we're still in a body of flesh. This flesh is still an enemy against God. And see, that's why the Bible says that ye which are, are strong are to restore others so that we won't fall ourselves. The more we help others get up spiritually, the more we help other people recover from failures, the more God's grace is going to be applied toward us. So when we see other people fall, we should not gloat about our own righteousness. We should thank God that we're yet where we ought to be and that we should go out of our way to restore those that have fallen and be careful where we stand unless we fall as well. And so I don't ever want to think that I'm so saved that I can't fall, that I can't falter in my walk with God, because I believe that it's the Lord's mercy. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. God has been merciful to us. In fact, he is the God of second chances. And I'm thankful, and David was thankful, that the Lord restored him. In fact, he is the greatest king in the history of the world and of Israel. In fact, Jerusalem was called the city of David because David was a man that was chasing after the heart of God, and he was so glad to get his passion back. You see, I believe every one of us at some point in time, we have a lapse in judgment. We lose our passion for God. We get caught up with the cares of this life or with worldly pleasures and lose our focus. But thanks be to God that he is a merciful God, that he is a God of restoration, that he is a God of second and third chances, that he will help you get back on your feet and begin to serve the Lord. In fact, we should serve the Lord with gladness. That's the attitude of the child of God. We should never come to his house with a passive attitude, oh, let me go ahead and get this out of the way so I can go about my other activities. God don't want that for you. He wants you to love this relationship with him. It's the same way in a marriage. When you stop feeding your marriage, you begin to lose in your intensity and your passion toward your spouse. So, therefore, you need to make sure that you keep that relationship 
full of love and, and opportunities to spend time together and dating one another continually and expressing your love for each other. That's how you keep the passion going. And the same way spiritually, you've got to spend time with God. You've got to tell God how much you love him. You need to take God on a date. You need to take the Lord with you everywhere you go. I want you to understand that the more you begin to spend time in the presence of the Lord, you're going to experience the beauty of the Lord. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Therefore, we should be active in our relationship. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye the Lord that he is God. It's he that has made us and not we ourselves. Understand, we are his people, the sheep of his pastor. So we must enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, and we should be faithful unto him. Those are all the attributes of a believer that's going to maintain a a very passionate relationship with God. And so we need to love the Lord. We should love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. That is, with every fiber of our existence, we need to give God praise and focus in on him. If we focus in on him, guess what? He will be available to us. You can rest assured that the Lord is as close to you as the very breath that you breathe. Hallelujah. And he delights to bless his children. Anytime you have uh, uh, an expression of love that goes toward God, he is obliged to send down a blessing. Hallelujah. He loved those who love him. In fact, before we, we even loved him, he loved us. And so it's all about love. Your relationship with God should all be about love. It's not about duty. You may, you may uh, start off with duty because you don't know him, but when you know God, it's not about just doing it out of duty. It's out of delight. Hallelujah. It's out of your desire. Thank you, Jesus. He said, one thing is I desired of the Lord. You see, that's the passion being expressed through the man of God. And I want you all to know that the Lord is still giving second chances. You may be a little bit low in your passion with God. Oh, but I dare you to get into his presence. I dare you to spend some time alone with God and just talk to the Lord. Without an agenda, just talk to the Lord. Tell the Lord what's on your mind. Tell the Lord uh, where you are spiritually and let him know where you want to be. Let the Lord know that you really appreciate all the things he's done for you, but also ask him to talk to you. I believe if you ask the Lord to talk to you, he'll talk to you now. He'll, he'll express himself to you, but sometimes we need to steal away and make sure we have some time so that we're not focused on so many other things that we can't hear the voice of God. We should make time. We should steal away to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to have that quiet place. Proverbs, I mean, uh, Psalm 91 one says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The Lord wants to cover you. Nothing is more gratifying to know that wherever I go, I'm covered by the blood. I'm covered by Jesus. Hallelujah. Who wouldn't love a God like this? Hallelujah. And so don't lose your passion for God. Don't lose passion for the things of God. Don't lose passion for the people of God, for the souls that should be saved. Most of you right now, you know what your gift is. And the more you operate in your gift, the more passionate you'll become for God. Anytime you're not doing 
uh, what you're doing with, without uh, real uh, giftedness and without really knowing that it's your purpose, you won't really love that thing. But if you do what your purpose to do, thank the Lord, it's just like if you are a doctor, you won't enjoy working at McDonald's because you know that you have a, a passion for the medical field, for medicine. And if you're a dentist and that's what you're passionate about, you won't enjoy, uh, you know, working uh, at Walmart. You won't enjoy that. It may bring you a few bucks, but you know that your giftedness can bring even more uh, finances. Understand, the Bible says a man's gifts will make room for him. And so when you operate in the gift that God has anointed you with, it's going to bring you to places where you never thought you would be. It, he will expose you to, to kings and to royalty as you operate in your giftedness. And not only that, but it will expose you to the kinds of riches that are beyond just wealth from a financial standpoint, but you'll have a wealthy life. You'll have a healthy life. You'll have a more fulfilling life. And see, when you're passionate for the things of Christ, guess what? It's a part of your nature. Don't you know that you are both spirit, soul, and body? And so when you operate in your gift, you're feeding your soul. Hallelujah. That's one of the most fulfilling and gratifying things that you can do in life is to operate according to your purpose, praise the Lord. And because that's tied in with who you are as a child of God. And you'll be pleased, God will be pleased, and you'll find yourself having a more fulfilling life from beginning to end in the name of the Lord. Aren't you glad that the Lord is a God of second chances? And he wants to help you to grow. He wants you to continue to strive to be who you ought to be as a child of God. Peter experienced that too because Peter had a lapse where, you know, he was bold in his own pride and talking about he was going to, you know, give his life for the Lord and that he'll never leave the Lord. And, and therefore, he found himself flat on his face, crying out because he denied the Lord three times. Oh, but you see, God knows where our strengths are, and he'll be patient with us as we realize who we really are. Peter found out who he really was on the day of Pentecost when he preached that mighty message that caused over 3,000 people to get saved in one day. I want you to believe that when you operate in your gift, you're going to be, sure, you're going to be successful. That's what's going to bring about success for you, operating in the will of God, because that's where your passion lies. Your passion lies in the will of God. You're not going to find your passion outside the will of God because doing the will of God leads you into a passionate life. Hallelujah. I'm going to take everybody uh, off, off of mute, and we've got a few minutes, and uh, I just want you to uh, realize that God is a good God, and he's a savior. He knows what to do for us. I'm trying to take everybody everybody off mute, but my computer is not acting right. I don't know. It's got a little glitch tonight for some odd reason. Um, do me a favor. Uh, hit star six on your phone and see if that will take you off of mute. Hit star six. Very good. Okay, good. You all should be unmuted. All right. And uh, does anyone have any questions this evening? I do, Bishop. Okay, go right ahead. Um, in 2015, what is actually, or well, actually any year, but what is actually the definition that you could give me of lukewarm? 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Lukewarm is basically uh, where the taste is not at its maximum. When you think about, well, we don't like. I don't like lukewarm coffee, for example. If I'm if I'm drinking a cup of coffee, I like it really hot. When it's lukewarm, it seems like its taste is not. Uh, it's not at its best. It, it's actually, uh, in this case, when the Lord talked about uh, the church uh, uh, that is lukewarm, it's almost nauseating to him. It makes him throw up. It's sickening. So when you're lukewarm, uh, the life is it's, it's not where God wants it to be. It's less than hot, of course, all right? And it means that the passion has gone and, and God is basically sickened by the life that fails to stand up to that particular level of excellence that he really wants. Okay, but how how would you know, like, for instance, if you're going to church on uh, Sundays and you're paying your tithes and you uh, sing and praise team or minister or or whatever, but yet mm-hmm. you still have a life where you do other things, um, would you consider that lukewarm? And would you also, would, would, would God let you know that? And Or I, I don't know exactly how to mm-hmm. ask. Well, I will ask you this. Have you ever done something and yet your heart wasn't in it? And you could tell? Uh, yeah. That's sort of like moving towards lukewarm when your heart's not in it. You're going through the motions, but there's no there's no feeling to it. There's no spirit to it. It's like singing a song, but you're just singing it, but you, there's no passion in the song and how you sing it. It's just, it's just you're just doing it, but yet there's no spirit in it. Mm-hmm. That makes that makes sense, don't it? Yes, it does. Very so much. Wants, yeah. So see, he wants us to go uh, full force heart our minds in it, our desires in it, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's spirited worship. Now, you know you're a worshiper. You know you're a worshiper. Right. And you can tell it, but you know what? I think when people know you long enough, they can tell when you're not in it too. Yeah, you're right. They tell, right. Because they're used to seeing your pattern. Right? That's true, Bishop. Because <laughs> when we break the pattern, it, it leaves the door opening for Satan to come in and create more instability. Mm-hmm. So we have to stay as close to, and, I, and I, don't, I don't mean that from a standpoint of just going through routines. You know, I don't think we should ever just get into a locked into a routine where it's just very monotonous. Uh, I think whenever we come to the house of God, I think we ought to come with great expectation. Not right. to bring our stuff, not to bring our stuff, but to, but to meet the Lord. Because mm-hmm. when we meet the Lord, that means uh, anything goes. I mean, we're just coming expecting God to do something great. But we, but we have to leave our agenda off. There's one thing the Lord told me the other day. I said, I don't, I don't want you preparing another sermon. Whoa. Yeah, I remember one Sunday, I, I must have spent about five hours preparing. Ooh, I had this message together. I mean, I was ready. I was doing it, okay? And I got up uh, in the pulpit and got ready to turn to the 
the particular sermon, and the Lord said, I won't be needing your help today. Oh. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need your help. I mean, yeah, we should continue to read the word of God and study and do all those things, but only God, God wants to have his way. He's sick of us. We make him sick with our lives, with the way we want to do things. We need to do things God's way. Thank you, Jesus. And guess what? It never gets old when we do things God's way. That's what I, that's what I say. Okay, Lord, I'm going to leave myself open to you. And however you want to do it, I'm open. I'm ready for you. And that's when God blesses when we get out the way. You get out the way and, and just and just passionately seek after him. He shouldn't be trying to seek after us. We should be seeking after him. Thank you, Jesus. And so that's important. Anybody else have a question or comment? I would like to give a comment just to confirm what you just said. Yes. I'm in Texas at a whole different church, but this past Sunday, our pastor got up, and before he could give his text, there was an Asian visitor, and I noticed she was sitting across from me. She started to get antsy and looked like she was about to cry. The lady who brought her went up to the um, pulpit and told the pastor, she wants to get baptized right now. And so he said, all right, um, get her ready. And so he Stopped. He didn't give his verse. She got baptized. Long story short, that kept happening. Six people got baptized on Sunday. He never preached none of his sermons. All right. He said, I don't have to say nothing. The Holy Ghost has already preached. That's wonderful. Because those are the results. Wow. Sometimes he'll give the results before we even put our little piece in. Mm hmm. Sometimes he may just want us to just lay lay prostrate before him on the floor, crying out to him in repentance. That may be the whole service before he wants to come in his presence. You know, he's sick and tired of us trying to run the show. He wants to run the show. It's, It's his church. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. It's his church, not ours. And we need to just be available to him. We just be make ourselves available because he'll use us in many different ways, but it's all for his glory, and he'll bless us tremendously. Oh, I just want to find as we prepare to conclude uh, to know that God is working miracles, and he wants you to be the recipient as well as the vessel that he uses to perform miracles. So he wants us to get out of the way and just make ourselves available and passionately seek after him so that his greatest works can be done during these last and evil days. Hallelujah. Does anybody else have a question or a comment before we conclude? All right. We certainly thank you all so much. We want you to be encouraged in the Lord. And uh, when you go, when you go to the house of God this weekend, I want you to go on fire. Go to church on fire and let the Lord do something with that fire because when other people see your fire for God, they're going to get enthusiastic about the Lord as well. So we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So when you go through those doors of the house of God, go in with a praise, go in excited, have people wonder, why are you so excited? Because 
I have been privileged to be allowed to come to the house of God one more time. He wants us to reverence his house. Don't make the house of God so common that we just come and we just plop ourselves down there. Don't you know you are entering into the very presence of Almighty God? That house has been consecrated and dedicated as a place of worship. So we should come ready, come with an attitude of worship and praise and thanksgiving to God, and guess what? God's going to do a wonder. God's going to do a wonder. He's going to do a wonder. Hallelujah. So we thank God for each one of you. We thank you for taking the time. And uh, do us a favor, invite somebody else to come on the line next week at the same time. Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks for all things. We appreciate, Lord God, this beautiful day you've given us. And, Lord God, we're going to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord God, the next time we go to your house, Lord God, we're going to treat it with greater reverence. We're going to be thankful, Lord God. We're going to appreciate every moment we have in your presence, Lord God. And we want you, Lord God, to fill the house with your spirit. Hallelujah. That great wonders will be performed because of our willingness to obey you, to humble ourselves, and to be ready for the unexpected. I decree miracles in your mighty name, Lord God, that in each person's life, oh God, you will begin to perform, hallelujah, wonders, wonders, wonders. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Look forward to having you on next week if you can. Love you. God bless. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.